Who do we hang out with and who's leading us? Are we leading people to church or other people leading us away from church? Are other people leading us away or maybe those other things? Maybe it's not even a person. Maybe it's something that that can't speak, that has more influence over us than God does. And so as a Christian, you have to think about it and you have to ask yourself, what's leading me and where is it leading me? Is it leading me to a closer relationship with God, or are those people, are those things leading me away from the things of God? Children of Israel had one major problem all throughout their history. They grew comfortable when God delivered them from their enemies and began to worship idols. An acid test to see if you have any idols in your life is simply this. Is there any person or thing that has a greater influence over you than God does? God should have the preeminence over your life. And if there's a person that's causing you to neglect God's commands, that's idolatry. If money has such a hold on you that it causes you to be selfish and greedy, that has become an idol in your life. When you keep God first, you'll have fulfillment and true satisfaction. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 29 with today's edition of Come Alive. In chapter 29, it says, Then the Philistines gathered together all their armies at Aphek, and the Israelites encamped by a fountain which is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines passed in review by hundreds and by thousands. But David and his men passed in review at the rear with Achish. And then the princes of the Philistines said, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said to the princes of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of Saul, the king of Israel, who has been with me these days or these years? And to this day I have found no fault in him since he defected to me. But the princes of the Philistines were angry with him. So the princes of the Philistines said to him, Make this fellow return that he may go back to the place which you have appointed for him, and do not let him go down with us to battle, lest the battle he become our adversary. For with what could he reconcile himself to his master, if not with the heads of these men? Is this not David, of whom they sang to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? And then Achish called David, and he said to him, Surely as the Lord lives, you have been upright, and you're going out. And you're coming in with me, and the army is good in my sight. For to this day I have not found evil in you since the day of of your coming to me. Nevertheless, the lords do not favor you, and therefore return now and go in peace, that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. So David said to Achish, But what have I done? And to this day what have you found in your servant as long as I have been with you that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king. And then Achish answered and said to David, I know that you are as good in my sight as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the princes of the Philistines have said, he shall not go up with us to battle. And now therefore rise early in the morning with your master's servants who have come with you. And as soon as you are up early in the morning and have light, depart. So David and his men rose early to depart in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines went up to Jezreel. 
So here in verse 1, we're going to go back and take a look at that. It says, Then the Philistines gathered together all their armies at Aphek, the Israelites encamped by a fountain, which is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines passed in review by the hundreds and by the thousands. But David and his men passed in review at the rear with Achish. So here we see a power parade. Here's this power parade that's taken place. And, and usually in these types of parades back in these times, um, the best always stayed in the back. I mean, you, that's where you kept your, your, your best stuff. And so the best bring up the rear in this parade. All the heathens, the Philistines, are out to cheer on the armies as they prepare to go against God's people. And you might be thinking, and, and you know, I, I, would, I was thinking about this. I was like, man, if I was a Philistine, I'd be standing there. And at the end of the parade, as the end of that parade is coming by, I would say, hey, wait a minute, hold up. Oh, we got the heathens, and they're rolling through here. But now we have Hebrews, heathens, and Hebrews. Hebrews in a heathen parade. So who is David hanging out with? That would be the question. Who, who is David hanging out with? Where are they leading David, so to speak, when you think about this? Because he's at the back of the line, <clears throat> and you think about it, is where are they leading David? And where is David leading his men, the people that were, had come to him to choose him as their leader? And so the question I started thinking about is, well, what about us as Christians? Where are we being led? Who are you hanging out with? Who do we hang out with, and who's leading us? Are we leading people to church? Or other people leading us away from church? Or other people leading us away? Or maybe those other things. Maybe it's not even a person. Maybe it's something that, that can't speak, that has more influence over us than God does. And so as a Christian, you have to think about it, and you have to ask yourself, what's leading me? And where is it leading me? Is it leading me to a closer relationship with God? Or are those people, are those things leading me away from the things of God? And so 2 Corinthians 6.14 says for us not to be unequally yoked. And a lot of people are like, yeah, but that, you know, that's for marriage. But see, even as a Christian, we are not to mix with that which does not mix well together. It's kind of like the oil and water theory. You pour water into a, a thing of vegetable oil, well, the oil will begin to float on top of the water. And those things don't mix well. You really have to do a lot of shaking. It takes a lot of work to get those things mixed up, but yet they still separate. And so that tends to happen as a lot of times as Christians will mix with others and they can't really fit in in one spot or the other. So hopefully there's not such a similarity in our lives that we can't see the difference. Paul's point in 2 Corinthians 6 is what are you doing yoked together with an unbeliever? He or she may not be going your direction. And when, you know, you and I don't understand the the word yoke maybe because we don't live in that agriculture type uh, culture. But when you yoke something together, it spoke of an ox. And you would have two cows, two cattle. And they would be yoked together with this big wooden thing. And they would have to head the same direction. The stronger one would lead the weaker one. And hopefully the stronger one would listen to the farmer or the guy guiding it. But the way you would train them to do that is you would take a younger one, a smaller one, and you would yoke them together. And if that younger one would try to get away, eventually there would be a blister or a rubbing on the neck that that little cow, that cute little calf, would be sore and would no longer the next day want to go that direction. It'd start to follow. And so Paul's saying, what are you doing being yoked together? What are you doing with those people that are trying to lead you in that direction? Because you might really have reserve and think, man, I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to go ahead and do this because they're my friends and 
well, I miss hanging out with those guys because we were best friends back in the B.C. days. And so David, in the midst of great discouragement, kind of does this. He left the people of God in the land of Israel, and he cast his lots with the Philistines back in chapter 27. So David now finds himself, well, in a place he thought he would never be, among the ungodly. And maybe none of us have ever thought, man, we're going to find ourselves hanging out, living, doing the things that the ungodly people would do, the non-Christian. And so we see David here, he's ready to fight against his own people, against God's people. See, when we sin, we backslide. And that's what we're going to call this today is, is backsliding. When we turn away from the things of God, we may soon find ourselves in a place we thought we would never be. And backsliding, actually, it's a, it's a term where, well, you're not moving forward. You're going backwards. You're going in the opposite direction. And so verse 3 tells us, the princes of the Philistines say, what are these Hebrews doing here? Do you see this? You know, if we, we read over it, you may not catch it real quickly, but you've got to see this. You see the problem. Uh, David doesn't, uh, but the heathens do. The Philistines do. And, and why shouldn't they? Leaders among the Philistines looked out at David and his men, and they said, hey, whoa, 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 Achish. What's wrong with this picture? You might think, well, yeah, David's the guy who beat Goliath. He, he'd be an awesome guy to have on our team. We want that guy on our team. And if he's going to go fight his own people, just think about how much damage. That's 600 people. We'll just send him out first and see what they do, and we'll we'll pick up the rest. Well, what happens here, they worship another god, the Philistines. They worship a completely different god than, well, the Israelites do, than David and his men should. They live in the land, the Israelites live in the land that God had promised, and so the Philistine leaders are like, hey, okay, so if we start to put two and two together, we should get four, but Achish, you're not doing that because these guys, David and his men, they're Hebrew, and they have God, and this is the guy who beat our champion, and yet he's marching in our parade, and so now the heathens, the worldly guys, they actually notice the problem. The Philistine leaders could see what David was blinded to, David was blinded to this. To him, he was like, well, I just kind of fit in. I've been hanging out with him for so long, I might as well, can't beat him, join him. I mean, after all, Saul's after me. And I came over here to get some rest and some peace because I got tired of hiding in caves. But yet we're going to find out in the end, his, his fleeing, his problem, his thinking and doing things in his own manner, in his own way, had caused a lot of problems. And so David had started to think and act like a Philistine. He was ready to fight with them against the people of God, against his own people. But the Philistine leaders, well, they see that this wasn't right. And David even couldn't figure this thing out. And they do. It makes me think sometimes, you know, how many of your friends actually, and and I've had and heard this happen before, is to where I've seen Christian friends go back and try to play with their BC friends. And their BC friends don't really, and they're like, man, what are you doing here with us? Oh, why are you hanging out with us? I thought you were a Christian. I thought you weren't allowed. And you'll be amazed at what they know. They know what you're not supposed to do. But yet we try to sneak in there and do a little of this. And well, you know, I'm going to be that godly influence. You either are or you are not. And when you start to act like them and ride in their parade and march behind them, then you probably are not. Because when you hear that, well, I thought you were a Christian, 
that's probably a sign where you might need to stop and think, oh, maybe I'm not doing the things a Christian is, should do in front of these people. See, the Philistine leaders who da- knew who David really was, that's a Hebrew, part of God's people. David would have never slipped into this sinful place if he had remembered who he was, who he is supposed to be, who he really was, what his destiny was. And I think a lot of times the way we slip and the way we fall back into certain things and bad habits and old habits and Well, it's because we forget our destiny. We forget what God has done for us. And so this is a sad example of a time when we wish that David would have the wisdom of the Philistines. I have friends sometimes, I'm like, man, I wish, and they're Christians, I'm like, man, I wish you guys just would have the wisdom of your heathen friends because heathens usually hang out with heathens. You don't see a lot of them filling the churches. I mean, yeah, we are, but we get saved. We're sinners saved by grace. And so we want them to come in. We want them to fill the church, but we want them to know Jesus Christ. We don't want them to remain in their sins. We don't want them to remain doing the things that they used to do. So it can happen to you, or maybe it has, or maybe it is, and you just don't realize it. A lot of people don't even realize it. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people see somebody's sin before they actually see it. And we talk about this all the time. You know, you'll hear people come up and go, hey, man, this is what's going. Is this what's going on? Yeah, man. I was just. I, I'm so glad somebody finally busted me. It's like, yeah, you know. It's like four of us have noticed this stuff going on in your life, and so we just thought we'd come up in love and ask if everything's all right, and, and they get busted, and, and they're happy to get busted because now they they don't have to live that double agent lifestyle. So there could be someone at your workplace because they've witnessed something you've done or said that a Christian would not do or say. And you've probably maybe have turned them off. And, and I've seen people do this before. I've, there's, there's another situation um, that I know about where somebody's like, hey, man, I can't really believe that this dude, he goes to your church. And, and I know this guy. And they say these things and they're like, man, you know, he, what do you teach at your church? They actually came to me. They don't attend this church. This person came to me a couple of weeks ago and goes, man, what do you teach at your church? Because this guy is doing this. And I was like, whoa. And luckily, it's between me and this guy are friends, but I was like, man, that's, that's not how he's supposed to act. I can't believe he would say or he would even do that. And I was shocked. Another time, a few years back, it happened with a young lady. So, it, you know, it, 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 men and women alike are susceptible to this. So maybe something like that. Maybe that's your lifestyle. Maybe something's going on and you just need prayer. You need to stop. And so that maybe it's for you today chapter 29. And so like the Philistines are saying, isn't she or he a Christian? Isn't David a Hebrew? Isn't there a song written about him in a dance? And, and the heathens do, like I said, they know that we're supposed to live differently. So you know it's bad when the world has a higher sense of what Christianity is supposed to be than what a Christian actually lives like. Look at the rest of verse 3. It says, And Achish said to the princess of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of, the, of Saul, king of Israel, who had been with, the, the, with me these days or these years? And to this day I found no fault in him since he defected to me. Verse 4, But the princes of the Philistines were angry with him, so the princes of the Philistines said to him, Make this fellow return that he may not go back to that place which you have appointed for him, and do not let him go down with us to battle, lest the battle in the battle he become our adversary. For with what could he reconcile himself to his master, if not 
with the heads of these men. Is this not David of whom they sang to one another and dances, and dances saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands? So it's a bad thing that a Philistine ruler, I mean, when you think about it, you might think, oh, well, that's cool, Achish, you know, he's, he's kind of, he and David have got to be buddies. But, but he's not converted. David didn't convert him. So it doesn't matter what Achish says. And so it is a bad thing that a Philistine, a heathen ruler, would actually defend David so confidently. I mean, after all, David has identified himself so much with the ungodly that Achish knows that he's got David in his pocket. Uh, who do, does the enemy have you in his pocket? Does the enemy have you? I mean, maybe at work you're, you're that person where you're, you're not Christian anymore all of a sudden, or you're just absolutely, nobody knows where you stand. I've known people like that. They're, oh, I can't talk about Christianity or going to church or, well, you know, I did mention church, but luckily nobody really caught on to that. Maybe you're one of those people that nobody really knows where you stand. They're not sure if you're a Christian or if you're a heathen. And so they're like, ah, it's a nice person. So this is Achish. Hearing these words from Achish should have grieved David. Uh, He should have been bummed out to hear an ungodly ruler say, David has been with me. Man, he's one of my best buds. We hang out together. We actually, you know, we partake in different things together. And so he defected to me. Should have been a great wake-up call to David. David should have heard defected and thought, man, I I am. I'm cheating on people. Uh, My countrymen. It would be as if an ungodly co-worker insisted to others that you really weren't a Christian when you went to hang out. Uh, maybe, you know, they're all sitting there and they're like, oh, man, isn't that, isn't that so-and-so? Isn't that, a, isn't that person a Christian? And, and your buddy's like, oh, bro, don't worry. He's not a Christian. No way. He's not going to bring the party down. He's actually going to liven it up. And you're thinking as a Christian, well, yeah, you know what? I can go ahead and have a couple of tequila shots. I mean, I'll hang with you guys. And you start to try to prove it. And you're like, no, this could never happen. Well, it does. David starts to do it. They try to kick him out, and he's all like, well, hey, bro, what about me? I can go and fight for you. So again, somebody's trying to convince somebody that David really isn't a man of God after all. God was speaking to David through this, but David wasn't listening. Sometimes God can speak through those weird things. Remember we talked about, hey, there was a donkey that spoke. There's a snake that spoke. Uh, there's good and evil that speaks through different things. Different people. God can use different people to speak to you. So he's using this, these words of Achish, and it should have caught David's attention, but yet it doesn't. David's just not listening. And so backsliding, again, means you're no longer moving forward in your faith, and you're moving the opposite direction. See, these are the guys that David had caused to run and scatter, when you think about it. These are the guys that David had caused great fear in their lives, and now he's yoked up with them. And David thinks this was a good idea. Proverbs fourteen fourteen says, A backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. A backslider in his own heart will be filled with his own ways. So you think about it, when you're backsliding, you're doing your own thing. David's not so heathen that he can't win the hearts of other heathens, yet he's not so righteous that he has the the king of the heathen saying, well, you know what, it shouldn't be there. Uh, See, he's got this guy saying, I think he makes a great heathen, He's an awesome heathen. Look how he's been with us. He's, he's been out killing. He's a heathen living with us. He's been doing what we do. How do you say he's not a heathen? That's what Achish is saying. But again, uh, David is, is one of those guys is that 
he's, he's still not so heathen that he can win their hearts, and he's still not so righteous that he's got them fully convinced that he's still a Hebrew of Hebrews, so to speak. He's a man of God. So the faith-filled victory over Goliath seemed like a very distant, distant thing in David's life, in David's distant memory. But yet in the Philistines' mind, they're like, hey, man, wait a minute. This is dangerous territory. The Philistines remembered it well. David didn't. And the reason you can tell they remembered it well is, well, they got the top ten hit here. Uh, They got the top ten hit that they sang about David. And it's like, well, how would they know that song? Uh, Wasn't it sung in Israel? Uh, But they have it. Look at verse 6. It says, Then Achish called David and said to him, Surely as the Lord lives, you have been upright, and you're going out, and you're coming in with me, and the army is good in my sight. For to this day I have not found evil in you since the day of your coming to me. Nevertheless, the lords do not favor you. And so here, as the Lord lives, is is this little unexpected phrase in a Philistine's vocabulary. It, It can be that Achish has actually committed himself to David's God which I don't think is true at all, or he's actually being courteous to David. He's actually being very courteous to David and thinking that I just laid this guy off from the army and I feel bad for him. I don't, I don't want him to totally be bummed out and get mad at me because David uh, is somebody to, to reckon with. So he'd just been commended for honesty when all through chapter 27 you see this, David has lied to this guy. All through chapter 27, all he did is lie to the king. So David thought he couldn't be happy or at peace in the land of Israel, according to 1 Samuel 27.1. And so, now I shall perish someday by the hand of Saul. Remember when David said that in, in 1 Samuel 27.1? He goes, now I shall perish someday by the hand of Saul. There's nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines. So he's thinking, man, you know, there's nothing better for me. That's what David thinks. God didn't tell him to escape there and go there. So now he finds that his Philistine friends won't accept him either. So now he's out of Israel. He doesn't have his, his, his heathen friends won't accept him either. And so he has no home. He's trying to live in both worlds. So basically what happens when you do that is you have a home in neither world. As a Christian, if you walk the fence, if you try to live a Christian life and well, the CIA Christian life and be like all the rest of your friends that aren't Christians. You really don't have a home. It's a very uncomfortable, unsatisfying, unhappy place. And a lot of people know that. And so for him to do that, he's not going to ever find satisfaction. Thank you for tuning in again today to Come Alive. Pastor Mark will have much more to teach us from this study of 1 Samuel when you join us next time. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Mark, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. Just search for Come Alive in your app store or on iTunes. Before our time is through with you today, though, Tracy would like to tell you how you can be a part of the ministry of Come Alive. Come Alive and radio programs like it are powerful tools that God is using to advance His gospel message here on earth. And we know that God is blessing many through the ministry of this broadcast. We want to make sure we keep God at the center of what we're doing, and that's where you come in. Would you keep Come Alive, Pastor Mark, and those who have heard this program today in your prayers? Your intercession on our behalf is greatly appreciated. 
Thanks, Tracy. Another way you can be involved is through financial support. Here at Come Alive, we rely on the kindness of donations to be able to provide you with quality produced programs. We'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider donating and want you to know that any amount is useful and greatly appreciated. Find out more at comealiveradio.com or you can text a donation to Calvary Katy at 77977. That's 77977. Thank you for bringing this matter before the Lord and thank you for being a part of our listening audience today on Come Alive.